Um, how are you? Welcome. Hi, I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? You know, I'm good. Okay, so I watched, I actually had never watched um, this film like in its entirety before, but I watched it in full last night. Okay, gasp. How was your experience? <laughs> I watched it also uh, last night. We I was like, it, I, I feel like I was like, this feels personal. This feels like Serena said this, <laughs> brought up this film because of my own problems. <laughs> no, for me too. I mean, I literally think it inspired me. I don't know if this was related or I was just like having a productive day, but I was fully cleaning out my closet while watching it. Oh, wow. That is nice. That's nice. I mean, for me, I was like at the beginning. Okay, wait, let's just let's hold our horses here for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I guess I'll introduce you. I mean, I feel like my my our audience here would know you. Serena Shahidi of uh, Glam Demon 2004 fame. Hello. Here she is. Those dulcet tones. Um, <laughs> and me and Serena have been friends for what, like over, over a year and a bit. I feel like maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. You were on my podcast I and know. I need you back on. I once know. I sort yeah. it out, you know, do the whole Soon. thing. I love that. I'll text you like after this or something. <laughs> I love that. Um, wait, I haven't talked to you in a while, but like, what have you been up to? You know, Serena's life is such a mystery to me. I never know what she does. Like, all Honey, it's such a mystery to me. I have no (laughs) idea. Literally what I do all day. I have no idea what I'm doing in life. Oh, I'm going part-time going back to school at the end of the month. Oh my God, what kind of school? Doing something. FIT again, you know. Wow, she's going back. Returning, making my, my return. Um, studying a major called Advertising Marketing Communications, a.k.a. Wow. AMC. So shout wow. out to Nicole Kidman. She's going to be <laughs> a, a, a businesswoman. So, I don't know if I could quite do that with my digital footprint at this point, but <laughs> I can be, you know, maybe a woman. Already, already in the works for you. Um, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That's so exciting. Are you still working that other interesting job I am yeah you love it there you're never gonna leave I don't know I'm I'm having fun I've been doing um a a little like video with my boss where we talk about this week in money and that's been fun you know what I've been getting not that I'm saying I've been getting really into money but I (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed with money I have been really fascinated by the whole crypto crash thing. It's really inspiring oh for me. <laughs> Sam Bakeman fried are you kidding me? I just SBS. heard a quote by him earlier today where he was like, I've never read a book. He was like, if you wrote a book, <laughs> he was talking to you. He said, if you wrote a book, you fucked up. It should have been a six paragraph blog post. <laughs> I swear to God, he said that. I'm sure he did. Honestly, I mean, they all have good. They all have good um, quotes like that. You know, your favorite, your favorite Theranos founder, my girl. Why my I don't girl. know what's her name. I forget now. Elizabeth I don't know Holmes. Why. Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. And then wait, there's a new girl. There's a new scam girl on the finance block right now. Who's that again? That girl who got. Um, what is it? The merge those acquisition people to like invest in her 
her app called Frank that like helps people get financial aid, but it was all a... Oh, I haven't looked into that yet. Oh my God, you should. It's it's quite funny. She got like a lot of money and basically the... What, what? Oh my God. It's like, it's one of the big, like, it's not Goldman Sachs. It's like the other one. JP Morgan? Yes, JP Morgan put in a bunch Mm. of money and then like, they like got her email list. And then when they sent out a test email, so I would say like 75% of the emails bounced back. So she... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were trying to get in with those like early 20s like or whatever like kids who need the financial aid and yet it was all fake uh i it's like not even the year of the scammer it's like the 2020s are the decade of the scammer yeah we started absolutely. with like martin shkreli billy mcfarland elizabeth holmes anna delvey sam bickman freed i mean it's the moment there's they should have a, a cute little yearbook I like that. A little burn book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So wait. So yeah, I think that like for me, I don't know. Like the whole SBF thing is like wild to me, but also. So this, I'm just, the thing is that people think that I'm always like just into like certain things that are like glamorous, but you Mm -hmm. know, I'm really into, I'm really into finding out about fraud. I love fraud. It so is interesting glamorous. to me. Yes, it is. But usually, this is what I was saying earlier. I was like, I, I, was, I was saying to my friend, I was like, the thing about these situations is I just wish everyone was like, I would say like, I maybe like 60% more attractive and then it could be glamorous. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think like Sam Bickman-Fried and his girlfriend, not, not the most glamorous, especially considering they were like all in a polyamorous relationship together. The polycule? The polycule. <laughs> You'd think to be dating that many people, maybe you'd use a little bit of hair product, but I guess not. (laughs) You know, there was a realization for me, like, I know this is going to sound so bitchy, but like, you know, in my life, I've had realizations, so many. And at Mm -hmm. one point I was like, wow, like those kinds of people like are just like having sex. And sometimes like when they're like kind of average looking, they like really reach for the stars in terms of like the kinky stuff. Mm. And that's wild to imagine to me sometimes. I'm like, sometimes I'm like seeing these things in the, and uh, seeing these things in the news and you're, it's like the Nexium stuff too. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> like, what yeah, it is kind of like the least attractive people go for the craziest stuff. I mean, maybe they're trying to overcompensate for their sex mm-hmm. life since they mm-hmm. know they'll never like really, you know, get into it with a hottie. Yeah. So they're like, okay, maybe I'll get together with a naughty and get get real naughty, baby. <laughs> oh my god, it's sick. It's sick. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I don't know. I think I'm gonna write a little oh well, I haven't talked to you I haven't told you about my Miami thing. Oh, our puzzle? Yeah. How oh, was it? Have you been before? No. No, I know. I mean, it was I mean, I think I talked about it. I don't know when I talked about it. I don't know know when the last episode was. But it was very, like, um, eye-opening for me. I mean, it like, I think that at the end of the day, when you bring, like, all the worst people in North America, like, to one place, like, it's going to be, yeah. like, not enjoyable. So, I don't know. It was interesting. But I think, that, like, if – because I think you would like it the same way that I kind of was like, you know what? I think I kind of, like, like this for for the fact that, like, I know this isn't generally enjoyable because – but because, like, I know how to have fun. Like, I can make this work. 
Um, and I yeah. can also make fun of this. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of like, m- m- like me being like, wow, this is like so psychotic and hilarious. Oh, you know, I went to Bitcoin Miami for, oh, yes. um, you know, to do some man on the street stuff. And it was fascinating. I mean, I had like, granted, I was drinking the entire time, but I had <laughs> so much fun. Like, I, I mean, I really started early every day, but it's so interesting. And I think from what I heard this past Art Basel was very similar to Bitcoin Miami. I think, um, you know, especially mm-hmm. the culture of Miami now, mm-hmm. it's so many crypto and startup guys. Yeah, so sure no, absolutely. No, it was definitely that. And it was definitely like, I would say, I think it's because they, they did something, they did like an award show that was like a Crypties award show, like very much like very close mm. to that time. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it seemed to be very like, they were trying to really like marry the two ideas. But I was also like, it was just after the whole FTX thing. So I was like, really like, it's crazy to me that these people are still trying to like make a blockchain work. (laughs) Oh, they're so into it. I mean, when I was down there, the thing I found most interesting is that like people didn't talk about anything but Bitcoin. And like they didn't even talk about other cryptocurrencies because they were so just loyal to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm, And it was mm -hmm. so bizarre and kind of cult-like to hear people just only care about this one thing yeah no so into it they I think it's also like one of the things where I think the way that Miami has been like they've definitely like invested so much in the art scene there and but like it's all based on like terrible avenues of money you know (laughs) yeah yeah and I remember when I worked at a gallery and I remember like um, this woman, like one of the gallery directors was like, you know, sometimes I think like it would be nice not to like sell art to terrible people, but then I would be like, oh, then we'd never sell anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I could, I don't think I, I don't know like how I would feel about being like a, a contemporary artist these days. I think it's very difficult, like morally. Cause also it's like, it's just like the access to your work is so much different than like, let's say for books and stuff I'm like oh you know it's kind of like the same thing like kind of like oh it's like a experience of like some sort of like intellectual capacity where you have to like go through it Mm, some art not that way but you know um and then like you kind of have this weird thing I think when you're only selling it to like one person Mm -hmm. that seems weird to me and there's so much pressure for output now Mm -hmm. Like, I saw a tweet the other day where someone was talking about the people who complain about, like, oh, they don't, you know, do marble statues like this anymore. And they were like, well, you know, back then, artists would get put up somewhere for months to focus on nothing but this. Yeah, yeah, And now it's like, we can't expect the people who also have nine-to-five jobs to be sculpting all this crazy stuff. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's like there's no... um, People just want things to be fast and, and like, more and more and more. I don't know. I, I There's this interesting thing about uh, – I always remember that I read in The New Yorker, one of the very few stories that I read in a physical New Yorker, even though I have a subscription. Um, I, <laughs> it was about, like, the fact that this, this there are these things called free ports. And, um, like, in a lot of these, like, cities like Switzerland or Singapore that have, like, lax – tax laws they have it's almost like a um it's a place where like 
basically it's like limbo for like a piece of work, like an art piece or whatever. You can like store things there and it doesn't have ever have to like leave because if it leaves, like once, like mm. once it leaves, you, it gets taxed. But if it lives there forever, you can just like keep it there as like part of your art collection. And then like when it comes to like when you want to sell it, like there's no real like you're not like getting dinged back by any sort of like import fees. Yeah. Very weird. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. But just a FYI for our listeners, we are talking about, um, you know, this all this all this financial talk makes sense once you know that we're talking about confessions of a shopaholic. Very, mm-hmm. very stunning. Um, I don't know. Do, you, do would you be comfortable doing a a little bit of a a plot summary? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> what's the main character's name? Oh my god! Do you like something Broadfield or something. <laughs> something. Okay. So it's it's is the Fisher shopper shop girl shop girl. Miss Miss Shopper, so she is addicted to shopping, shopaholic, and she loves fashion. Obviously, she wants to get um, a job at this fashion magazine. And at the beginning of the movie, she's buying this green scarf, which also, God, they reminded me of the story of the the girl with the green ribbon, where like she yes, took it off yes. and her, her head fell off. <laughs> that would be an incredible ending, but that's not. That's not how it goes. Um, so she like really wants that for her interview. She is short on money for it. So a handsome British stranger ends up paying for the rest of it that she can't afford. And she goes to interview for the fashion magazine. They've already filled the role, but they say, you know what? You might get a job there if you start at this other magazine that's also here. Um, I think it's Successful Savings or something like that. Yeah. About finance, personal Mm -hmm. finance. Mm -hmm. So she interviews there. Her interviewer turns out to be the handsome British stranger. And, um, you know, the interview does not go well. But Mm -hmm. then she ends Mm -hmm. up drunkenly writing accidentally to that publication. And hot British guy likes it. So he hires her. And from then on, she writes a column called The Girl with the Green Scarf that makes, um, you know, financial language more accessible. She's talking about (laughs) fashion. She's talking about platform shoes and all that. And it's a hit. But eventually she gets exposed for being a shopaholic and a fraud. Yeah, Speaking she has six, $16,000 dollars of debt. And I'm like, that's like nothing. <laughs> that, the amount of people I know who are $16,000 in debt and nobody's making a movie about them. No, I'm like, I don't even know. I have to sometimes, you know, when I date men, like I always have to be like, mm, you don't want to know about my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if you don't know. <laughs> 100%. I'm like, no, you can't come to my apartment. No, you can't, you know, do any of this nonsense. We're staying at yours. Like, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. this is nothing that you need to know. It's none of your business. None of your business. And I mean, what I think is funny about this also is that they ha- it has that weird, like, surrealist aspect of, like, when the mannequins speak to her. Mm-hmm. And they convince her to buy things, which you know what? Honestly, some of those some of those speeches by those mannequins, I'm like, this is exactly what goes through my mind when I'm shopping all the time. Oh, absolutely. The idea that like this one thing you bought is going to be the thing that changes your life, and it never is. It but, never is. You know, you gotta try again with the next thing. 
Yeah, I feel like for me, like, the search is more exhilarating than, like, when I actually have it, you know? Because I'm looking for, like, the perfect thing. And then I find it, and I I think that over time I've gotten more specific with, like, my search queries where um, Mm -hmm. it, it gets harder for me to actually find the thing that I like. But then when I find it oh, you know, I'm signing that check away. It's, it's gone. Yeah. Oh, I like just got to the age where I'm starting to be like, maybe my clothes should be like high quality and <laughs> a lot of solid prints and blacks and stuff that I can wear over and over and not mm-hmm. like something I fish out of the garbage that <laughs> like will only ever go with one other thing. I know. I mean, I think that now as well, like I, I look at my closet and I'm always like, I have nothing to wear, but only because my closet is very like, everything is very specific to a particular event. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes I buy things and it's just like, there is no way that I would even find somewhere where it's appropriate to do this unless it's like oh, the yeah. most niche themed party. But yeah, other but than that, like... I don't know. It's part of your collection, though. That's different. You're archiving. That's true. You can be one of those, like, fashion TikTok archive girls. Ugh, being a fashion TikToker sounds terrifying, but maybe one day. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Honestly, for me, I'm I'm, I'm constantly, like, I don't want people to know what I bought, actually. Like, I'm like... (laughs) Yeah. I need it to be secret. I've always had this thing, actually. (laughs) Yeah, because then they might say, why would you buy that? And I don't mm-hmm. know how to answer that question. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I'm very much like a, um, I, I've started to hide my purchases for sure. Where I'm like, well, you know what I think is funny is when, like, when women get married and then they, like, they like, have a whole separate, like, area that they put their purchases because they don't want their, like, partner to find out. Mm. The amount of, I once got sucked into, I don't know if you've ever been on this corner of the internet, but couples tiktok oh yeah a a fascinating place and a lot of the the videos they make the theme of it is just the wife or the girlfriend being like i just spent two thousand dollars at target and it's like this is that's not really relationship goals for me it's just being like i spend a lot of money at target and i want to hide it from my husband (laughs) I mean, honestly, I can see how you can spend $2,000 at Target. It is it is very much one of those places where I don't... It just has so much stuff. I black out, for sure, at Target. Yeah, I'm glad the Targets in New York are like, there's nothing there. But you're a... Aren't you like a Marshalls girl? I love a TJ Maxx. A TJ Maxx. Love, yeah, 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 yeah. I love a TJ Maxx. I always, um, the clothes, not so much every once in a while, but for the most part, it's like the most bizarre garbage, but Mm -hmm. I love, I love the jewelry. They have a lot of Betsy Johnson, like Mm -hmm. statement jewelry Mm -hmm. for $12.99. And I, it's just a fascinating place to, to look around. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. I love like, um, yeah, Marshall's or like a TJ Maxx or something like that. Also, cause like, you know what? For home stuff sometimes, sometimes I do want like a weird like little charcuterie marble plate thing with like tiny knives. That's sometimes oh, yeah. I need that. It's necessary. It's a thing that I need. Um, no, I mean, what have you? Okay. You know what I was thinking about? I was like, oh, like, I feel like we should do like a thing of like, what have we bought recently? That's been like a little bit like, like 
question, not questionable, but you know, like a little bit teetering on the edge, maybe like an investment piece or something that's like a little bit like to, I don't know, like teetering on the edge, put you in a, maybe put you in like a, a bit of a financial strait or. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think because like, it's been a very recent development, but I have been like, okay, you know what? I need a good quality black winter coat. Like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing Mm -hmm. where I'm like actually buying stuff that I need. But I, the most, I always think about this because it's the most ridiculous thing that I ever bought. I went on eBay and on eBay, you can buy like piles of custom, not custom, costume jewelry at Mm -hmm. once. And I must've bought like two pounds of gold costume jewelry and then, oh, you bought a lot. You bought like one they lot. say it's like a, you know, like a a lot of jewelry, like um yeah, like a, yeah. So not all like in a, one. a bunch, but like a lot. And it got there, and I put some of it on, and I was like, "Oh, I don't look good in gold," and I knew that. <laughs> and now I have. I literally I gave some of them away to Goodwill. I still have like twenty gold bracelets that I'm never gonna wear. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you could you could wear gold. Why? Like, do you wear silver? I feel like silver's weird. I'm um, a gold girl. Yeah, but it's all like, I like the idea of gold more, but I look a lot better in silver. I just think it's a lot of like clunky gold stuff. Right. And that's like a statement that very few can pull off. Mm-hmm. And I am not included. I feel like gold is best a little bit more dainty. I mean, so is silver. Right. It's just yes, hard yes, to pull yes. off chunky metal jewelry anyway. Yeah, that's it's a very, like, Carmella soprano vibe. Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, so for me, I don't know, I just, okay, I have been a little bit, like, for the past year, for my, like, so I'm 31 now, but for my 30th birthday, I really wanted a watch, and I was like, okay, like, what kind of watch should I get? Like, it depends on, like, I was, like, also, like, I was, like, also, like, keeping track of all my payments being, like, at what point of the year can I purchase this watch that I want? And then I couldn't find, like, the kind of watch that I wanted exactly. I really wanted, um, I mean, obviously, this is, (laughs) I wanted a Cartier watch, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted a, a, a tank and... Basically, like, finding a secondhand tank is, is is very hard because a lot of the times, like, depending on the condition and all these things, blah, blah, blah. And I hadn't found one. But again, that, that was a situation where I was like, oh, this is, like, a fun thing for me to do. Like, a fun little, like, like I search for things, like, everywhere. I open up all my apps. I open First Dibs. I open The Real Real. I open Vestiaire. Like, all the things mm-hmm. looking for this watch. And it's, like, fun. And I see, I get to, I get to know the stock. I get to know what's coming in. I get to know what's leaving and um oh I think like I guess a few months ago I was just casually on there like not even looking for a watch at that point because I was like I'd kind of like been like oh whatever but then I saw it and it was like I saw this tank and it was a really good price for what a tank is and um it was like on hold which meant like so it was in someone's bag and I assume it was like only online for a little bit because it was so well priced anyways I had to I I had to I had to do it. I bit the bullet. I bought mm-hmm. it. And it was I, it was an inconvenient time for me to have bought it. But I did it anyways. And I just got it because um, I had to get it sent to my aunt's house in the States because um, it had like a lizard 
had a lizard, um, what do you call it? Like the band was lizard, so it couldn't go mm. across, across borders, you know. But that was kind of my biggest one. I don't know. I'm always buying stuff, though, to be honest. I, I can't. It's a hard thing for me. I love Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Oh, I haven't explored that. I'm very much like I do a lot of eBay. I do a lot of Poshmark. I do mm-hmm. some of like the real real, but that doesn't have – I like a, a big selection. Oh, yeah. From, like, no, I think people. I think um, I'm a Poshmark girl. Mm-hmm. You, you should get into it. It's very good. I don't know. I think the American one's better than it. the Canadian one for sure. Um, but – no, like Facebook Marketplace is weird and I feel like it's good if you know someone with a car. But yeah. it's mainly it's mainly like I think for me like I I know that for you it's like a little bit different but like what when you need to like furnish your apartment or something or like get a lamp or whatever like that's kind of where Facebook Marketplace rules. Mm-mm. But I did get some really good like um like purses. You know, I don't know if you've seen like you know I carry like these like little brass bags, like little they're like brass. Mm. They like kind of look like baskets and stuff. Anyways, I love this lady that. was selling them for like selling four bags for forty dollars. Uh, that's amazing. I know, and she was so bad at like communicating. She was so worried that like I was gonna like not come and get them, and that they were like so in high demand because she like post priced them too low. Anyways, but I had to meet her in the in the parking lot of a grocery store. <laughs> oh, I love when people don't know the value. I love like. I I bought a, a dress recently and it came to me literally like in a garbage bag in a box. Like she didn't need <laughs> to put it in a bag, let alone a garbage bag. Yeah. She could have just left it loosey goosey, but it was in there and it smelled so heavily of cigarettes. And I was like, this is how I know I got a deal though. <laughs> Honestly, no, exactly. When they underprice things, I, I mean, that's kind of the goal that when you like find that like special price for something that you know is worth more, that's like mm. the ideal situation when you're like thrifting or anything. Um, but I feel like, okay, so for me, like my first watch with this movie, obviously this shopaholics thing, very, very heavily in there. What I think is hilarious is that like, there are still these kinds of like very niche magazines. I guess there are still them. I see them at the, the, at the pharmacy. But like, hmm. th- so the fact that the main character was at like some sort of gardening magazine first, and then she went to the successful savings. And I don't know. I find that like the the funniest thing about it is that like the, the I love a very unlikely rom-com. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, the the stakes are very bizarre and definitely not realistic at all. And definitely, like, you would not see them again in the real world. Um, but I'm just, like, dying at, like, how Hugh Dancy is, like, like, okay, like, I decided that you can you can have this job, whatever, this, be this columnist, that's fine. Even though, like, I actually think that she – so at the beginning when she's, like, when he gives her the $20 for the scarf – after she'd yeah. been, like, paying on multiple different cards to get the total. Also, for me, like, the pricing was so crazy to me. It was very 2009, like, of the, um, you know, like, 100... What, how much was the scarf? Like, 100 Oh, I didn't... Because she put some of it on a couple of credit cards. I didn't add them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she numbers. was like, it's 105 whatever, whatever. So she needed the $20. And, um... I don't know. Like, I feel like the the whole premise is so funny and, like, silly that also, like, it feels like it's just, like, living this, living in a particular world that is, like, elevated from 
real life in a way that's like, I guess back to that surreal element. But also, I just thought of this now, like the fact that it came out in 2009, like that's so soon after the, like the economic crisis of 2008. Yeah, I was reading the, as I do whenever I'm watching a movie, I was reading the IMDb trivia. And apparently, maybe they said it, maybe they didn't. I don't know if I just forgot it. Um, I don't know what the original ending was, but I read that they had to change it to like be appropriate for the financial crisis because they didn't want to, I don't know, I guess make it seem that it was really easy to pay off debts or something like that. Like they wanted it to relate to people. Right. I mean, that's the thing that I think is like so, so interesting to have like a book like that or like a, a book out. I don't even know when the book came out originally because it's yeah. based on the the Sophie Kinsella book. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like for me, the that's kind of why it was funny that we watched. You decided to watch this one because I was. I've been. I, I watched the the four or five part uh, episode on Bernie Madoff on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, it's all very, it's all very connected here. Um, I feel like in this film, the the romance is kind of like second fiddle to like the, the finance aspect of everything. So I feel like the money thing is really affecting like everything involved in like her life, especially with like the debt collector. Did people actually like, so there's a debt collector named like Derek something, and he's like, leaves all these angry messages on her phone and then like at some point he like actually goes to visit her at work and I'm like did debt collectors actually like go to your place of work to be like you have to fucking pay your bill what the hell that's insane I I know they're persistent but I don't really know if they're like tracking people down yeah that's scary and also the fact that it was like it wasn't like a debt collection agency it was like this one guy just assigned to her who was like learning about her yeah, and it was, like, I think that, what, her her debt to, like, that agency, like, to that, wherever he worked, was, like, $10,000 or something. Like, come on. You have bigger fish to fry here. I know it's the 2008 recession and, like, everyone lost money, but $10,000 doesn't seem like that's crazy. I'm sure people are in a lot more. I wish she was in so much more debt. I mean, I'm sorry to this character for wishing this upon her, but I think especially <laughs> coming out when I did... I mean, I wish she was just totally fucked. I think that would be great if she yeah. was like, I don't know, maybe she pulled a scam and she pulled a Billy McFarland and now she's like, she owes, owns, own, owes, which has happened to me, um, owes millions <laughs> of dollars in restitution. That would be fun. It would be fun. And I mean, like, the whole thing is also like, um, I like the whole aspect of the Shopaholics Anonymous thing. That's very, like, mm-hmm. I like the whole. But, okay, wait. Actually, this was something that I was thinking about. Do you think that, like, don't you think it's a bit weird that they, like, sold this stuff to pay off her debt? Because, like, all those people were, like, foaming at the mouth to, like, buy her, buy all those Shopaholics things. Aren't they, like, really feeding into the... <laughs> into the shopping cycle here i don't know that's just wait me, who but was I, guess. I think i wasn't paying attention to that part who was it that bought all of her stuff no so like you know at the very there's like at the very end basically all the shopaholics like have like a sale and there's like a little flyer mm. that's like oh like come and like shop the shopaholics like clothing so exciting and like people mm. are like lined up like it's a sample sale <laughs> 
Yeah, that is interesting. Maybe those people shopping are shopaholics themselves. I also thought it was funny when she like went to a sample sale and it was like they were trampling all over each other and talking about like, oh, Gucci is 50% off. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. 50% off? That is not high enough to be getting into this fight. (laughs) Maybe like 80, 90 yeah, 90% off. Let's go. I mean, the thing is, is that was like, what I liked about the costuming was that there were some pieces that I recognized that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she does have a bit of a designer problem. <laughs> relatable, relatable for me. She had some fun clothes. I remember like the opening scene. I really loved her outfit. Although I think she had like a, a I forget what the outfit was. I just remember liking it. It was like a magenta something. And then she was carrying this horrific Gucci bag. And oh, she yeah. was going through all the designers she was wearing and then, um, or not the designers, but the cards the that cards she put it on. Yeah. And she was like, and the bag, Gucci, of course. And it's of like, course. we know they have the stripes down the middle, but it is awful and does not go with your outfit. It doesn't go. It doesn't go. It, I remember that. Yeah. It's like the particular collection where the Gucci is like in cursive, like the actual like name of it is encouraged cursive on the bag. And it's kind of like um, it gives me kind of like racing car vibes, that bag. That yeah, one. I thought it looked like like an old fashioned. What's it called? Like an airplane bag. Very that. An airplane bag. Like a like a what, I don't know if I'm thinking airplane? about the wrong thing, <laughs> but I feel like that's a thing. Hold on. Let me Google it. I'm opening a new tab. Because <laughs> this is definitely whatever I'm thinking of. It's an old thing. It's an old thing. Like a flight attendant bag? I don't know. Um, airline bag. I don't know. They're kind of like messenger bags, but like um, deeper. Okay. Interesting. They're strange. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, her style's, the whole idea is that, like, she, like, her against, like, the fashion magazine people is, like, she's, like, not very, she's more, like, kind of um, maximalist and, like, and, like, I don't know, like, thrifty. And then, like, all the, all the fashion mag ladies are, like, super chic and, like, have, like, straight cut across, like, bangs yeah. or whatever. A blunt bob. <laughs> Just the most blunt bob you've ever seen in your life. Sharp um, edges. Let's and go. And Isla Fisher's like, <laughs> I don't fit in. I have beautiful, bright, perfectly curled red hair. Yeah, I'm classic. A, such a slob. Classic vibe. I mean, for me, like, Hugh Dancy, I forget what Hugh Dancy was in before. Like, what's his claim to fame? Hugh Dancy's, like, I don't think he give. he doesn't really give me a strong leading man I know he's married to Claire Danes, but I don't think I can name anything else that he was in. He's sexy, by the way. I like, I'm very, um, with rom-coms, you know, I love the idea of like a, when Harry met Sally and I love a lot of the writing, but at the end of the day, I'm like, do, uh, you know, do I get tingles in my body when I see (laughs) Billy Crystal kissing somebody? That's a hard no. Well, it goes back to the thing about what we're saying. The the most average kind of looking people have the, like, most, you know, kinky, kinky. Mm. Maybe that's you know, the Hugh fantasy Dancy. with a, a Hugh Billy Dancy. Crystal type. Okay, Hugh Dancy. Let's see what's going on here. What, I guess, what has he been in, like, recently? Oh, Downton Abbey, New Era. Oh, where? There he goes. Um, 
But what was his big? Oh, Ella Enchanted. That's why. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2004 Ella Enchanted. He does Mm -hmm. some romance movies with redheads. Good for him. He loves that. (laughs) Jane Austen Book Club. Mm. Martha, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, he doesn't need to work. No. (laughs) Yeah, he's been married to Claire Dane since 2009. That's crazy. Good for them. They're, he's in Law and Order for 10 episodes this year, like this past year. Cool. Hmm. Interesting. Everyone needs to do their Law, law and Order stint, I think. Uh, a girl can only dream. I know. I was day. just going to say, me and you will one day have our stint on Law and Order. I mean, dead body is 100%. But that that's would be enough such a good cameo for you, though. I would love that. <laughs> how do we get you to audition for a dead body on law, law and order i don't know how does that happen i feel like so many people have had that gig i'm sure someone has like a um a story out there of how they got it you should you should uh do a little a little call out on your tiktok who here has the connection for me who's casting for a dead body i mean really anywhere i'll do it yeah i love that that could be like really I don't know I think that would be very fun for you it's a fun little like easter egg I think a little added added like asterisk to your um to your many talents oh thank you (laughs) you did I don't know I mean okay yeah I guess and then who else like I feel like also the parents in the film I'm I'm also just like, how many people are actually reading this like savings, this like column of hers? That seems crazy. It's like, it's like oh. all of a sudden she's like made this thing into like New York Magazine. <laughs> Can you? I mean, she became like a superstar overnight because of this little column she did in Successful Saving. What? Nobody. <laughs> I was like reading that in their dentist's office and being like, this girl, I stan her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even the parents, too. They they bought the whole little, what do you call it, little trailer car thing with all their oh. savings. Mm. Did they did do see- that? Why did they do that? <laughs> because they were inspired by her column. I love how, like... Wait, I think I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that they got it. I thought they were trying to be like, I'm, like, we're free, like, we're in retirement. Let's yeah, no, because the they come, they come to her. He comes, she comes to them to kind of ask for money, I think. And then she, they're like, "Oh, don't yeah. worry, we saved for so long, and actually, we spent everything because we read this amazing column. You only live once." Baby. Mm. Okay, okay, I didn't miss that aspect. Well, don't worry. I actually blacked out at the end. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I mean, like, I get, I understand that they like, they like get together, but. I don't know. It is of that weird, it's that weird era of like right after there's like a lot of really good rom coms and then right before all the terrible ones start. So it's kind of, it's mm-hmm. kind of like on the cusp of those terrible ones that I. What year did this come out? 2009. 2009. Okay. So it's a little after, it's not like the early 2000s rom coms anymore, but it's no, no. still like, I mean, it's still like, almost the same era in that it's very it's very like almost campy and very so the, the holiday came out in 2006 which i feel like is one of is like the the <laughs> beginning of the end here yeah okay 
Yeah, that was that was a good one, but it wasn't really a, a fun one. It was like Jude Law's face really carried it for me. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I love like uh, an early 2000s rom-com or I guess this one as well. And here's my theory about why I love them so much. And I was like a kid during this era. So let me know if I'm wrong about this. But my theory <laughs> is that I feel like um, the 2000s were the peak of discussion about the chick flick. Mm-hmm. Like people would always refer to movies as chick flicks and be like, oh, that one, you know, that's for girls or that's mm-hmm. for girls to drag their boyfriend to. And because it had such a, a female dominated audience, they could go all out with like the the humor and the campiness and these characters and all this fun fashion and these poppy soundtracks. And I think now rom-coms try to cater to everyone and be like, anyone can watch this. And like, you know, sure, that's fine, but they're just less fun now. Yeah, I think that there's like this weird thing. I always talk about, <laughs> it's so funny, the amount of meetings I have with like weird production people. And like, I, I think that they stop, they stop, they get really quiet after I keep talking about like, Charlie's Angels, like, from the year 2000. (laughs) And I've mentioned this before because I'm literally, like, we don't make movies like this anymore where it's, like, really campy, really, like, visually fun and bright and saturated and has, like, Uh a very particular, like, like, feminine, like, power to to it, you know? And, um, yeah, no one makes those films anymore. And also, like, I'll be honest, like, it's, like, I've been getting really um, just dis- not discouraged, but kind of like depressed about the current the current state of like how people make television and, and movies now, especially for streaming mm-hmm. when it's going straight to streaming. Terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. Because they it's just, just like-, like get people hooked on it and get people talking about it. Like, I mean, I don't know if you like this kind of stuff, but like Bridgerton or The Crown. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't give less of a fuck because I feel like it's so like, oh, we want this to have its viral moment. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I love a, a sitcom because those yeah. can be watched over and over again. Whereas these trendy dramas that we talk about for a couple months. I mean, do you remember when people were talking about Outer Banks? I don't even know like, what that is. What is that? Exactly. Because people were talking about it like three years ago. It was something people watched like (laughs) around, you know, quarantine when they were watching Tiger King and stuff. It's about like teenagers in the Outer Banks or something like that. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, that. I just don't know the details. (laughs) But it was this drama that was like the thing at the time. Now, Mm. nobody remembers that shit. Yeah. And I also think that like the... The I don't know the Bridgerton and then like what is the other one that was like weird with them Dakota Johnson like the one where she's kind of it's like a Bronte story it's like persuasion or something and 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 she's she's but she's speaking like in modern in a modern dialect uh huh it's giving cringe I can't I don't know I don't I can't I can't I mean no one's gonna make the Devil Wears Prada again let's be honest yeah and it's so tragic. It's tr- tragic. I, I I think that basically, like, people also, like, just don't invest in, like, especially with movies that they know that will, like, to bring it out to theater. There's just, like, no investment in, like, in, like, the the comedy, like, the true comedy that's, like, not, you know, like, gross dude comedy. There's no investment in, like, that very, like, high, fun, like, like the sweetest thing. Like, this kind of film where, you know, yeah. it's a girlfriend's film. 
Oh, my favorite, like, I guess it wasn't really a joke, but like a gag in the movie is when she's trying to write an article about like store card, what's the acronym? APRs or something. Mm, and mm-hmm. she doesn't know how to write it. And you see her computer and it's just like the words store card APRs or whatever the acronym is, like mm-hmm. repeated over and over again in like Microsoft Word art. I thought that was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah no I feel like it's like um one of those things I like don't know yeah I also don't know anything about like real finance stuff I have no idea but the I feel like it's like at the end of the day I think me and you perhaps if we you know we're there we're observing a little bit like about finance stuff I feel like we could pick it up like because it's really just like fake I mean, it's a lot of just trickery to make you think that it's more complicated than it is mm-hmm. so that people don't really understand it. And granted, like, I fall for a lot of that trickery and I don't really look into it or, like, you know, figure it out. But that's so many systems that are set up now. Just, like, let's make this confusing so that people don't actually figure out what's going on. Yeah, no. I mean, like, I just switched over banks because of the way that, like, I get um, paid is, like, so specific in, like, terms of, like, all the different currencies or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I was... I just was like, I just like was like too stressed. I was like, oh, I don't even want to deal with this. It's too much. It's like, it's like too much admin where you're like, this is, this is like yucky. I don't even want to look into this fine print. I don't want to know. I just sign it away. And then you end up like paying all this, like all these charges all the time for nothing. Oh yeah. I don't want to know what my bank is going to charge me for because that's going to give me so much anxiety, but now I'm going to (laughs) like end up paying those charges. Yeah, exactly. No, there's no, there's no winning here. I mean, that's the, that's kind of the, the situation about this girl, I guess. I mean, it's good that she like, at the end that she like pays off her debt, but then I like the fact that she, what did she pay, pay the debt collector in pennies or something? Oh, and Miss like, I'm going to make it as hard as possible to, yeah, to pay Yeah, super it. annoying. Good for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stunning. I don't even know where you get pennies anymore. Actually, in Canada, we don't have pennies. Oh, Right. You guys don't have pennies or singles, right? No. Good for you. Honestly, (laughs) I don't know what we're doing with pennies at this point, especially, I mean, inflation. How much is a penny worth? (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah, it it costs more to make the pennies, I think, at this point. Oh, yeah. Copper, baby. Are Mm. coins sterling silver? Wait. (laughs) I have no idea. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing metals is for jewelry. You don't really, you know, who needs to care about coins? Yeah, I realize that, like, for me, I can't wear anything. I'm allergic to anything under 14K. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you got to, you know, when you like it, when you like it and it's giving you a rash, that's when you got to bring out the clear nail polish and cover it. Oh my God, stop. I'm not doing that. I can't. It's too much. I tried that before with like, cause you know, I love a, I love a good earring, but like every time I wear it, a, like a big costumey earring, I get like a rash. I have to take a Benadryl every time. Oh my God. Think about, think about what I have to go through, Serena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I Anyhow, well, I'm so glad that we got to do this. It was so fun. Thank you so much for coming. Well, should we talk about our takeaways from the movie? Okay, sure. <laughs> what were your takeaways? 
Um, actually, I don't know why I said that because I don't know if I have a takeaway. I just feel like we should we should end this on um, something like that. And like a lesson that we learned? A lesson that we learned. Um, you know, a lesson that we learned is that someone it will always be willing to give you $20. That's true. That's true. Actually, actually, this brings me to a really great story involving me and Serena. <laughs> And finance. Oh, my God. Was the guy at the mark? Yes, when you asked him for $20. What? You asked him for $20. I didn't ask him for $20. Yes, you did. You said, you said um, can I borrow $20? And then he gave us, like, 200 each. Did I say that? If I said it, it was a joke. I know it was a joke. Oh, I don't remember saying that. But you I, did. I do remember I that you. you asked for $100 to tip the garbage man. And I was like, yeah, that was that's after, class. That was after we oh, got he was handing the us original. Hundreds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we... <laughs> I miss him. He was funny. I miss oh. him. I, I have his number. I should text him. All those emojis he uses. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the way that... So basically this man we met was like... I guess some sort of millionaire guy. He invests in like Warby Parker, all these like direct to consumer businesses. <laughs> and then he just kept carrying around these like $100 bills. And he's obsessed with tipping people $100 and just like giving money out to people. And then like sending videos of like how he, like with like the bartenders at the mark or whatever. Literally I remember he vlogging. sent us videos, literally <laughs> vlogging, but like only to like his select nearest and dearest. Oh my god, and we took a picture with him. He was so funny. No, and then I posted it on Twitter and someone DM'd me, me being like, that's my friend's dad. <gasps> oh, right. Were they serious? Yeah, they're definitely serious. <laughs> I think we oh looked up his children like with him where he was like, where the kids are like, one of them's like a struggling actor. You know how it is. Like one of these things. Struggling... Girl, ask your dad for money. <laughs> yeah, there's no need to be living this kind of D-class A lifestyle. You can just ask your dad. Yeah, I love people like that who are like, oh, my career. And it's like, you don't even need one. Like, what are you talking about? Go look, yeah. You could go like paint a picture or something. It's fine. Yeah, just, you know, like go off. Go. Why don't you get into like pottery, ceramics? Just yeah. no need for success. I just feel like at some point I'm like, I'm like, at some point when you're this rich or whatever, like I always think about this whenever I think about rich people like embarking on some sort of venture, kind of like Elon Musk buying Twitter. I'm like, why though? Like, why aren't you yeah. just chill out, relax? You could just kind of hang out. I mean, you know what I think a lot of it is? Like, you know, probably the reason the son of a rich guy wants to be an actor is like, you can't, fame is one of the few things that like can't be bought. Like, it can kind of be bought, but, like, there are other factors. If you have no charisma whatsoever, you're just not interesting. Like, people are probably not going to care that much about you, even if you're showing them how much money you spend. And I think the fact that that's, you know, one of the things that can't fully be bought is so frustrating to rich people. And they're always mm -hmm. trying to prove, like, people care about me. People, I get attention. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. yeah sad for them 
Mm-hmm. I know. Like, I think about it for me. I'm like, if I like had all the money in the world or whatever, I would just like make things all the time just for like whatever. Just keep on yeah. keep on making things. I don't necessarily need them to be like revered or like or like I don't know. I think about this even for myself. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Like the whole thing for me is like, I made the thing, and like once it's out there, it's like out there. It does it. It's lives. It's on its own now. Yeah. I made the thing that was like the most enjoyable thing. I guess it's kind of like shopping. It's like I I liked the search, but then once I have it, I'm like, mm, okay, I just like pop that away into my collection. <laughs> yeah, it's the the chase for it. Yeah, like just not the chase, but like kind of just the making, you know. Like I just mm-hmm. I'd rather like make something and then like put it out and then be like, okay, I'm done that. I I can evolve now personally in terms of like what I'm interested in making and then yeah like the reception I don't know it's fine I guess it's like it's more embarrassing to me when like rich people like really want to be taken seriously in whatever venture they're doing and it's like so clearly like not working out for them like Elon Musk girl as someone who saw um the Winklevoss twins live oh my god as a rock (laughs) duo (laughs) yeah which by the That's way psychotic. the people you can all look up videos of it they sing like blink 182 and stuff like that and it's awful but i think it's people like that who are like you know i have everything what's the next frontier i guess getting attention or being respected artistically or just mm. feeling like you have something to put out into the world and for like those like multi multi billionaire guys they're like let's go to space Oh, yeah. Mm. Not the let's go to space people. I honestly, like, I can't with that. I think that's, like, really... I feel like to go to... Want to go to space, like, your your brain has to be, like, wired a certain way. That's not normal. Oh, my God. I read... Have you read William Shatner? He, like, his piece about going to space? No, but I saw the video of him being, like... <laughs> wow. That was just... That was just life-changing. Oh my God, he wrote about it and he was like, basically it made him super depressed because he thought that space would be this incredible, exciting thing. And then he, you know, went out there and was like, it was a darkness and a nothingness more than I could ever imagine. Well, of course. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, of course, when you go up there, like you're away from anything that is actually, like, alive. You know what I mean? Like, that's Yeah, crazy. exactly. He was, like, I was looking down on Earth and being, like, that's where life is. There's, you know. There's I'm nothing up here. So far away from life. I mean, allegedly, mm-hmm. who knows? Allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that, like, I don't know about the, for me, like, what I, if I'd be super interested in, like, the interior lives of aliens or whatever. I don't know. I mean, maybe if I was, like, guaranteed to meet them, but if I was just going out in space to be in space, probably, you know, it's not much of a meet and greet. No, I mean, in the last episode, I outlined about my feelings about space and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the moon, the moon <laughs> travel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. I don't know. I don't know, Serena. I don't know. I mean, imagine, wouldn't it be funny if, like, out of all the people to, like, um, you know, like start a culture on like Mars or something. They were like, you know, Serena, Marlo, we we like your vibe. We're really excited to invite you to Mars to really like yeah. get this society going. We're just doing like rom com screenings and yeah, <laughs> like 
putting out pop-ups. <laughs> yeah, we're like every every hour is cocktail hour. We eat like mm-hmm. a lot. I don't know. I would always be like there'd be like a little like place where I love like, like a single slice of cake. I would incorporate that somewhere. Ooh, a little bake shop. Mm-hmm. A little bake shop. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I don't know. Did, we didn't even talk about our takeaways. I just think um, about the $20. It set me off on a, on a whole thing. I guess I learned that even if you're thousands of dollars in debt, a guy who works at a savings magazine will still want you. And isn't that inspirational? It is inspirational for and sure. And confusing. It is confusing. I mean, I also have learned that if you're in a really bad spot financially, you can just sell all your belongings. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get there soon. I love that. Oh, a little a little New York honk. Ooh, authentic. Authentic. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This was so fun. We We will catch up soon I'm sure okay yes I'll text you to get you back on my pod for sure okay stunning okay thanks for listening bye